I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Wednesday, July 22, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to have some lessons learned. We're going to have some teachable moments. We're going to have some trading stuff 101 and we're going to look around the horn look at a variety of different charts and we're going to see what the market is indicating the next larger move is going to be on its face we can take a picture of the daily chart and say what jumps off the page at us well it's bullish there's nothing bearish on this chart still that's basically been the theme above the moving averages there's no reason that the market is running into trouble up here start getting below certain numbers like we talked about yesterday that's another story for a different day but that's not what's happening important number three and a quarter 85 remains important and you can see what's going on the market is basically eating time off the clock up in this neighborhood above the old pivot high that they've been able to eclipse here's a pivot high now they're above it on a closing basis they're above this pivot that's important information because it's bullish it puts them in position in position to go get this gap up here they have to clear the last hurdle three and a quarter 85 and you can see by the end of the day they decided right there's no accidents no coincidences they decided that the market was going to close above three and a quarter 85 it all takes place in the last hour of the day the market's creeping along you have an afternoon shakeout they rally back up and by the way incidentally they made a higher low in the afternoon a higher low than the low made earlier this morning the late morning pivot if you will well guess what making a higher low on an intraday chart is bullish and guess what that was also in the notes for inside the numbers members we'll get back around to that later by the way the weekly chart it's only wednesday 325.85 what do you think happens if they close the week above 325.85 maybe not right away but generally speaking and when you look at it like a garden variety thing the norm what would be the norm using the 80 20 rule the norm would be it opens the door a short squeeze another leg higher would ensue because there are a lot of traders out there that are betting that they won't close above if they close above they're going to have to cover the shorts it's going to create a squeeze and they're going to run up and fill the gap we've read this book before we've been to the movie this is not our first rodeo with that being said the awareness is it's only wednesday they have two days to do damage on the downside and close below and it's obviously just as possible as closing above umpire calling balls and strikes check this out and here's something else that you'll see not only discussed but you'll also see the imagery inside the numbers but here's a breakdown candle from yesterday so what they did was first begun to create a bearish wedge a bearish flag pattern and then they start to work their way up toward the breakdown candle high and we know that 
they like to do that. So it's never a surprise when they do that. They're either doing one of two things. Obviously, there's an in-between or a quote-unquote tweener. But for the most part, if you want to break it down to an if-then, they create a breakdown candle, okay? Unless they continue lower right away, the two options are they're going to go sideways creating that flag formation or they tend to creep up the breakdown candle to do what? To run a test of the breakdown candle high. They don't always get there, but that's always what they're trying to do when they start to creep up the breakdown candle. What else do we know? We know that closing above the high on an hourly basis of the breakdown candle is what? Well, it's not bearish, it's bullish. They did that too. We always have to look around the horn at a variety of different charts. So here's a 120 minute chart. We have another breakdown candle. And the question is, did we close above the high of that breakdown candle today? Remember, the larger charts, meaning the larger time frames, are always dominant against the small stuff. So what's happening on a five minute chart could be easily wiped out with what's happening on a 60 minute chart, for example. And it doesn't have to be a 60. It could be a 15, a 10, a 20, a 30. But check it out. Here's the high of this breakdown candle. Two hour chart, 120 minutes. 326.85. Where did we close today? 326.83. What was the high? 327.20. So they ran up, could have done it, chose not to do it, closed below by two cents. Any accidents or coincidences? No. How many traders out there you think are looking at a 120 minute chart and understand the reason why that next area, 326.85, would have been important. Nobody's looking at a 120-minute chart. Most people don't even realize they exist. Here's a 240. Now, I bring this one up for a different reason because now we have to start looking at the market, looking at the chart a little differently when we look at different time frames. So from an hourly chart to a 120-minute chart, we saw a couple of breakdown candles. Now, we have a breakdown candle on the 240 chart, but look at it this way. We have to look at things from a variety of different ways. We don't necessarily have to say this was a move higher flagpole and all that stuff. We can just say, isn't the market just running sideways, eating time off the clock in a channel formation up here? Now, unless it breaks down this way, that would be some trouble. But they can come down to the bottom of the channel and nothing would change. They're still doing what? They're eating time off the clock. So when you look at this chart and you look at things from a larger picture perspective, are they angling to push higher to fill the gap is really the underlying question. And when I look at the 240 chart and I look at the daily chart, now the daily chart isn't necessarily quote unquote ready yet. Maybe it needs more time to eat off the clock. Yet, nevertheless, the formation that they're doing, what they're doing in terms of eating time off the clock, hanging around up here, not being rejected, all those things are puzzle pieces. They get put on the table, mashed around, and the picture begins to emerge that as long as we stay above three and a quarter, 85, then the door is open to fill the gap. That's the image. Nice, right? You gotta love it when a plan comes together. Just as an aside, 
Here's the daily chart of the futures contract. When you look at the SPY, you see all this white space here in between the three and a quarter 85 and the gap. And you say, well, there's got to be some resistance up there. And how do you pick out resistance when all you have is this stuff here? Who knows what it's going to be? Well, there's a method to the madness. Sometimes traders will ask, why do you look at the futures chart? Well, number one is because I trade the futures chart. But number two, sometimes you get different information than you get on the SPY chart. Case in point, get out your sticky note pad. Check this out over here. So the high, this is a gap window, a window before they fill a gap. So it's different than the SPY chart. So the high here is what? 3,300. Nice big fat round number, 3,300.75. So what you could say is, Somewhere around there would be a normal garden variety set of overhead resistance. So maybe they spike through 3,300 a little bit. Maybe they come up short on the first run by a few points, pull away. They do that. We know that. We talk about that inside the numbers all the time. But it's also a big, fat, psychological round number. So there's a couple of reasons why you would expect the market to find resistance when it got up there. Unless what? Unless it gapped above that in a morning, not necessarily tomorrow morning, but one morning gapping above that would eliminate that whole discussion we just had. But the reason I bring that up is because that 3300 number, which is also around 330 in the SPY, is in between current price and the gap. Just because it's a big fat round number doesn't mean that it's a trade, the market's going to hit it and pull back. You have to have a full stack on your hands to create a trade out of a set of information. When you look at different charts and you uncover different reasons why the same thing should occur, that's when you begin to get a full stack. Let's go ahead and check out inside the numbers. You know the routine. I'm going to say some stuff. I'm going to scroll up. You're going to pause the video if you're interested, if you're even curious to know if I'm right, how often I'm right, what are the numbers, and what does the market do at those numbers? And where does he come up with some of those numbers? Don't worry about it. So last night, the futures were pretty active. When we have a wide range overnight, we could expect at least some kind of volatility during the day under normal conditions. So we have some stuff about numbers, what we see early on, but we also have a picture on our hands. What is it? Well, what I'm doing is identifying the ES chart, but identifying the area that the market paid a visit to overnight. Now, this isn't the overnight chart. This is the pit session chart, which would look the same as an SPY chart. And what I was showing was the fact that the market overnight came back to visit what? A former breakout area. Why is that important? Because the market does that over and over, all the time. So if they were going to do that early in the morning, we wanted to know that. We wanted to know why it was important. What helps traders is not only having a number, right? You could be fed numbers. You could say, take a trade at $320 and it's going to work. And a lot of people will just do it because they want it to work. So therefore, they want to believe that it works. But when you have an understanding of why, you have a different concept going into the trade. You have a different expectation going into the trade. You have an understanding of what's happening. Therefore, you have a different comfort level. You're removing the guesswork. 
You're taking guesswork off the table. How do you achieve all this? The course. Lazy E-mini trader. Come on. You knew that was coming. Let's continue moving along. And we'll get into the early morning session. We have some familiar numbers. Three and a quarter, 85. Right below that, 325.50. Just to put in perspective where we are in terms of the market today and the numbers, you know the routine. Right of the vertical, today's activity, there's 325.50. And right above, 325 and a quarter. The market opened right here today, so it's opening lower, trading up, which is why we're citing resistance. So here's the resistance. 325.50 hits it, stalls. Then it pushes through to the important number, 325.85. It's important to know the numbers to be pre-prepared. We show up in uniform every day. So we know the routine. Closing above 325.85, that's bullish. Not being able to is not bullish. So what you're going to see develop here, the next resistance zone, and you already saw the market spike through 325.85 a little bit, but waltzing right through there was not going to be the norm. Pretty simple, 325.85 is the pivot above, bulls, below, not so much. So here you go, 10.12. Not getting through 325.85, says no, but it should have said not, will likely send price down to at least 325 sooner than later. Should be then later, not that later. A lot of spelling errors today. Just to bring back the chart, bring back perspective, there it is, there's your 325 on a narrow ranging day, you just have to accept and take what Mrs. Market gives you. This is what she gave us. If the numbers were different, they would have been different. Moving right along. 324.50. And you see it twice here. So 324.50 was a number. There's your 324.50. You know what's coming next. You like apples? How do you like them apples? Moving right along. Here's another picture. This is where they start to develop the bear flag pattern and that's what was going on here but we know what's above we know the important numbers above and we know what happens once they get above 325.85 we're not even so concerned with the breakdown candle high at that point because we know the market is bullish above that number that number is going to be dominant to an hourly chart candle at least in my book moving right along now it gets quiet, they chop around, it's a chop shop formation. So we're basically providing paint by numbers. Give you the support, give you the resistance, but they're just going sideways in a very, very quiet tape. Like at 123, it's painfully quiet. There's not much to say, it is what it is. Here's that higher low thing, 324.50, you stay above that, put in a higher low, and you've got some bullish stuff on your hands. Here it is, bullish sign for the rest of the day. You want the tour guide. You want to know what's going on. If you find yourself guessing at trades, not really understanding why you got into a trade, why you got out of a trade, and here's one. I said this the other day. I'll say it again. I think it's really good. If you can't explain to me and feel 100% confident that I'm going to not only agree, but at least see where you're coming from. We don't always have to be right, but we have to have a case. There has to be a good case why you get into the trade. You have to be able to explain it to me, and I have to say, yeah, I see the case. If you don't think that would be the case, then you probably shouldn't get into the trade. What about stocks on the move? We'll take a look at a handful of charts. The first three, JD, BZUN, KSS, hit their numbers. We're going to take a look at those charts. FE, 
We're going to take a look at that chart as well because that's a great example of a lesson learned. And this is a great example of why we do what we do. First up, JD.com. We made some money with JD last week. Play it again, Sam. Here's the deal with JD. This is one of those examples where it was trader's choice. What do I mean by that? So it's getting a haircut at the open. Our number on the board was 61.21. And here the stock makes a low of 61.38. The question is, was that too close when it bounced away? When it comes back in, do we want or not want that trade? And the answer is, there is no answer. It's changing the trade from what it was if it hit it on the first run but it's not to say we can say definitively it will or it won't work it increases the risk therefore it becomes trader's choice here's the thing two takeaways a the numbers work they don't always get to the number in the manner in which you want them to get to the number but that doesn't change the fact that the numbers work i know my numbers So as a byproduct of the numbers work, we have to develop a strategy to trade around the numbers. This is one of them. When they come too close and bounce away, it changes the trade. It is what it is, but the numbers work. Put that on the sticky note. Similar but worse deal with BZUN. Here's the story. Look at how low it came in this candle. 39.81. What was the low in this candle? 39.82. Bounces away, makes a high of 40.24. Not a lot, certainly not a lot. It kept me away from the trade, but when you start looking at charts that are a little bit stretched out, a little bit longer term, you see the stock came down, it came into the number, it took a while, and it worked, and it reversed, and went in the other direction. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of what you're looking for. I'm not looking for a trade that takes all day. I'm okay with sitting with half a position or a third of a position for the remaining part of a day. That's fine with me, but I'm not looking to get into a trade at 9.45 or 10 o'clock in the morning and get out at 4 o'clock. That's not my cup of tea. Again, doesn't change the fact that the numbers work. Other traders may be fine with that. I'm just telling you what I don't like. Numbers work. Check that box. How about Kohl's? Same routine. Came close, bounced away, came back. The number worked, it just didn't do it in the manner in which I would have preferred. It's more evident on the five-minute chart. The low here is 2076, three pennies away. They bounce up. That was enough to say, hey, I don't know if they're just going to blow through it on the second time. They didn't, but you don't know that. The takeaway, the numbers work. Look at this trade. They even came to backtest it later on, same number. What was the low here in this candle? 2073 accident or coincidence i don't think so how about this one first energy so let's talk through this one a second two numbers on the board 3070 2965 now i'm going to show you a longer term chart where those two numbers and why they're close together will make some sense this is a weekly chart there's a gap in here the second number is below the gap there's another number in an area that we could consider This was a breakout area, right? It's debatable exactly where, but this general area, you're looking at a weekly chart. This is a breakout area. There are a lot of reasons why there would normally be chart support in this zone. So I know that going in. Now, we go back to the rule. 
the market, or in this case, FE, is opening below the second number. It starts to rally back to the second number. I know what some traders do. I know what some traders are thinking. They're thinking, this thing just went below. It's going to spike up. It's going to go on a rocket ride. I'm hopping on for the ride. And here's the reason why we don't touch these, because today, FE gives you the example that we don't want to be in a trade. It opens below the second number, and it went much, much lower. Nobody wants to be in a day trade or a scalp trade from 29.65 or in that neighborhood down to 23 or 22 bucks. That's ugly. It's uncomfortable. It's not what we signed up for, and it has nothing to do with losing small and fast or running this as a business. How do we know this area is important? What was the high when they did the back test? 29.70. And then they absolutely collapsed, tried to rally back to that same zone, stayed weak. They got below and they stayed below that breakout area. That's bad news for the stock. Instead of coming back to test a former breakout area and getting a rally away from that area, they actually went so low, they cut through the breakout area. That's the way I have to look at it. Little Trade School 101. What about Camp IWM? This will be quick. Any change? No. They're eating time off the clock above the moving averages in somewhat of a bullish, flaggish formation to do what? Get up to 150. The longer they go sideways, the higher they go. It's just that simple. 150 was a minimum target. The folks down at the transportation department down today, so somewhat of a divergence has to be of note, has to be a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Now, the IWM was up, the S&P was up, and the transports were down slightly, right? This is more of a rounding error, 0.13 of a percent, 13 points. It's a rounding error, but we note it. We also note, and much more dominant, above all the moving averages, and there's nothing really wrong with this chart. They're essentially eating time off the clock to build energy to challenge, not only fill the gap, which is left unattended to, but challenge this pivot high here. That's what's going on at present until something changes. If something changes, then something different is going on at that present time. The Silicon Valley people, anything wrong with this chart? Absolutely not. Have they been able to make a new high or get above or close above this breakdown candle high? No, they haven't. Doesn't mean they won't. It's in an uptrend. The trend is your friend until what? Until it's over. They don't send you a telegraph. They don't send you a postcard. You don't get a text or an email. You have to identify the trend on your own. Or you have to wait till I do it and then wait till I tell you. The trend change will be identified first on an intraday chart. It will morph into something more. It happens one step at a time. Remember, the bigger picture is there is a top coming. It's just not right here right now. There'll be another correction. Everybody will look like a deer in the headlights look when it happens, like they always do, and it will happen. It's a matter of when and from what price. Guessing doesn't cut the mustard. What are the financials doing? They're running sideways, eating time off the clock, Looks very similar to the IWM. Should we have a different conversation or say it looks somewhat like a carbon copy? Right here it does at the end, right? The last several days. Not the chart. The chart looks different. The chart 
has some trouble components to it, right? It doesn't look like a bullish chart in the XLF. Doesn't mean in the short run they can't push higher, but this chart has some issues longer term. That's not new highs. Doesn't look like the Qs. Doesn't look like the S&P nearing the all-time highs. Doesn't look like the SMH or Smash Mouth, the semiconductor space. Doesn't look like any of that stuff. So people that longer term aren't paying attention to this are probably doing themselves a disservice. Smash Mouth, anything to say here? Uptrend, nothing changes. We don't need to waste any cycles on Smash Mouth. It's in an uptrend with no issues whatsoever. The chart is bullish until it's not. The trend is your friend, blah, blah, blah. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.